This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Material Is Your Business, recording here at TexWorld at the Javits Center in New York City. And I'm really excited about this episode. If you're one of the 60 million Americans who suffers from this condition, from asthma and asthma-related issues, then this is the episode for you. We're going to get into a company that is all about how to solve for that from a material standpoint. We are here with Dr. John McEwen. He is the co-founder and chief executive officer of Allergy Standards. And the show starts right now. Hi, I'm John McEwen. I'm the co-founder and chief executive officer of a company called Allergy Standards Limited. And my background as an ER doc. So what I like about materials is how they've improved the delivery of healthcare. Uh, both infection control and operating theaters, the type of textiles people use when they're doing operations, but even the, the devices we use, the floor coverings, everything that actually impacts on improving the delivery of healthcare. From New York City, this is Material Is Your Business, a podcast covering the science, technology, and business of materials and manufacturing. Your hosts for this episode are Samantha Cortez, international consultant and founder of Samantha's Platform, and Stephanie Benedetto, CEO and co-founder of Queen of Raw. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome, everyone. I'm Stephanie Benedetto, and I'm joined by my co-host, Samantha Cortez. Hola. And we're here today with Dr. John McEwen. That's right, a doctor. He is the co-founder and chief executive officer of Allergy Standards. Hi, John. Hi, Stephanie. Delighted to be on your show. Thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, what you're doing is incredible, both across the textile industry and the medical industry. Can you tell us a little bit about your kind of background and what you do? Sure. Well, my um, professional background is as an ER physician. And when I was studying pediatrics and medical school, uh, I noticed that the asthma nurses and the allergy doctors would give mums of kids with asthma and allergy advice on how to avoid the trigger factors, the things that trigger their symptoms in the home. Um, and mums are very switched on about this and they, get, they love the, the concept of being proactive about something they can do to take back control to avoid things that trigger their symptoms. The challenge is a lot of the advice that they're given by the healthcare professionals can be quite difficult to act on when they go to buy the certain products. Uh, so if I give you an example, in the textile industry, obviously we're all very familiar with the issue around bed bugs and dust mites and cockroach allergen. But there's other things that get into textiles which are also irritants and can trigger asthma and allergy symptoms. One of the most common ones those is formaldehyde. So mums will write this down and they'll, they'll have their information when they go shopping for home furnishings and textiles. But when they actually go to read the label and see can they act on their doctor's advice, what we describe as actionable insights, they actually struggle to join the dots at the point of purchase. So that was the whole concept of developing uh, a user-friendly and easy-to-see certification program. 
It's fascinating because, you know, when you, you do, when you're shopping and you're going to look at these choices, I, I'm a mom, and you do care about what's touching your children's body now more than ever. And there are a lot of certifications out there, especially around sustainability, but yours with a very specific tied to a medical condition that you know if your child has these irritants that you need to avoid is, is incredible. What does that certification process kind of look like? Well, we break it down into three components when we test the products. So all products that we certify are sent to our laboratory. Uh, our laboratory is based in Dublin in Ireland. Um, and you can read all about that lab on our website, allergystandards.com. And we break the testing down into three sections, the physical performance of the product, the chemical suitability criteria and performance criteria, and then its impact on controlling allergens. So if you look at the, the chemical uh, section, what we're looking there is harmful irritant chemicals that can get into textiles to improve textile performance. Now, don't get me wrong, textiles are being transformative for our lives, our comfort, our dwellings, how we live. But we need to be careful that some things that can get into the textiles during the life cycle, such as say formaldehyde, as I mentioned earlier, that improves textiles performance, but also things like allergenic dye stuffs, residual pesticides, optical brightness, that if these are used, um, that they're used at the lowest possible concentration, and if at all possible, are, are washed out before we get to use the product. So we, we look for those harm and harsh chemicals in the product, that's the first stage. The second stage then is the physical attributes of, say for example, a pillow encasing a pillow. Um, often products targeted at people with asthma and allergies in the past weren't very comfortable or very good products. They were kind of sweaty or noisy. So we look at what we describe as comfort physiology. So that's airflow, wickability, water vapor transmission. So the product essentially is, is a good product. And then the third phase of the testing is the allergen testing. And then there we look if the textile products are good allergen filtration and filters. So if there are allergens in your bed or in your pillows that they don't actually get into the breathing zone. And also they're actually a, a difficult environment for things like dust mite and allergens to actually build up in. So that's the kind of the three steps, chemical, physical and allergen. Interesting. Well, I see as a, from an ER physician, you got involved into this. <laughs> I yes. would like to understand a little bit more on to what um, motivated you to get into that. Sure, sure. Well, I, I do have to kind of pinch myself as I qualified as a surgeon, orthopedic surgeon, ER physician, and I'm, I'm in the Javits, Javits <laughs> Convention Center in New York at the Textile Sourcing Conference doing a podcast. So yeah, it's a long way from medical school. Um, I, I suppose what inspired me, one is entrepreneurship and innovation. Uh, I think uh, as a good entrepreneur, creating wealth and jobs in society, that is an equally as important vocation as medicine. Um, but the other is as a physician, I always feel that if you can focus in first on patient education and what we describe as environmental control, and that is avoiding the triggers that set off your symptoms, that's actually the best place we, we should all start. Medicine has kind of moved away from command and control, where your doctor actually just tells you what to do, to now being much more of a two-way consultative process where you engage in how you're going to manage your wellness and stay well. So I thought a certification program which allows people to target the problem at source, i.e. avoid the triggers. If you take the triggers away, then hopefully you can then have reduction on the medicine you need, reduction on ER visits, reduction on lost missed days at school. So I, I like the concept of 
patients being proactive about avoiding triggers. And as your clients are working with you, out of curiosity, did they start with a finished good and then they were looking for testing and a certification at a certain level? Or do they actually come to you at an earlier stage knowing they're making bedding for a child and that this is a big consideration for a lot of people around the world and then they can work with you to innovate those materials to make it meet certain criterion standards? Exactly. It's, it's a combination. We, we run the certification program as a product inspection uh, process. So all the samples are sent to our laboratory. They're destructively tested. They're cut up. We look at the embroidery thread. We look at the fill we look at the ticking fabrics um, and that's how we operate the, the product inspection process at the moment but as you quite rightly say Stephanie a lot of of our clients realize there's an opportunity to improve their products to enter into an innovation product life cycle with us and um, so we're now w finding ourselves working more and more with their suppliers so currently, our, our main person we interact with is the converters or the cut and sew people. But one of the reasons why I'm here at, this, at the convention, I'm giving a keynote tomorrow, is really to interact more with the sourcing people to actually go a bit upstream and start to innovate with the people who make the, the, the textiles and the fabrics and, and the uh, embroidery threads and fillings. Do you think there will be some regulations later on in the future when something is very... Um it causes so much allergies that could kill people that were be forced to put it on their labels. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think regulation is good. And obviously, uh -huh. we all need regulation. I, I see what's happening in our area as being a bottom-up kind of movement rather than a top-down uh, regulatory requirement. It's actually the voice of mum and bloggers with with transparency. This is coming up from, from the mums. They're saying, look, we... we we want to get involved in this issue, and we find that they're actually coming onto our website, they're going to retailers, they're asking for the certification, and that's pushing right right way up to the, um, the converters and, as I say, the cut and sew people. Um, I think ultimately this is, a, this is a, a social issue, and the more regulation to get any potential harmful chemicals out, the better. But the moment we feel it's leading edge and it's led by uh, our key clients like Downlight, like Hollander, like Allied Home, uh, listening to the voice of mum. And then you also work with some, I think, of the most interesting brands and companies out there. I saw Disney, I believe, and Build-A-Bear. And, you know, just to see how this is crossing across, obviously, just home goods and, and the clothing we wear, but into the actual toys you're buying your child sure. and electronics. I think I saw Samsung and LG. That's so you right. guys truly going across industries with this? Absolutely. Well, if, if you look at the um, National Institute of Health or the National Heart, Lung and Blood Institute, they both say that this concept of avoiding trigger factors can only be achieved through a whole of house approach. So when obviously we spend about 80% of our time indoors, the US EPA says indoor air quality can be four to five times more polluted than outdoor air. So the issue of healthy indoor spaces uh, is, is something that's on people's minds across all consumer categories. So we, our vision is to have certified products in every room in the house. So we work with 3M with regards to the furnace filters, Flanders filters, um, and the Honeywell products uh, in the Home Depot. We work with Procter & Gamble and Bona for cleaning products. As you mentioned, Samsung, LG, Dyson vacuum cleaners. Um, so really, our, our vision, as I said, is a whole-of-house approach. And that would even include building materials like paint. Benjamin Moore, a certified client of ours, as our uh, Tarquette flooring, and even uh, 
professional cleaning services, we work with Stanley Steamer um, because once you build an environment that's more appropriate and you put in what we call incidental furnishings, so your your mattresses, your your textile products, you then have to maintain that home in a cleaning in a sorry in a in a clean way, and that involves cleaning on a regular basis. It really is a different way of thinking about things and coming to this industry, I think, obviously, with as a doctor background. And you're a whole physician-led team, is that correct? Sure, that's why we were founded and led by physicians. So to come at it from that, that perspective, obviously, changes the way you think about the traditional way of doing things in design. And I wonder whether there's also any pushback that you're getting maybe from the medical field, where obviously there are medicines to solve for this, and there is patient care, and, you know, I just can see that there's, there's a balance balance maybe that needs to be struck to get them to support these initiatives, which are so important and, and life-changing for people. Absolutely. I think the, the correct word you're using there is balance. Obviously, as a physician, I would always recommend that, that your medical management is led by your family doctor, your specialist, if you're attending a specialist. Clearly, that, that's, that's the, the, the leading edge of, of your management. But as you say, there is a balance and people want to be proactive. Um, and we don't want people just to go on the internet and get information. What we want with our certification is, as I said, actionable insights. Um, and patient adherence uh, to the whole treatment plans is very important. It is physician-led, but we, we hope to, to, to help in that, um, in that whole management strategy. The other thing that's absolutely vital to our certification is, is a joint collaborative venture with the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. They're the National Patient Advocacy Group, and they're a superb organization. They're patient-led, um, and they've been around for 60 years, and they've got one wonderful educational resources on their website, aafa.org, afa.org, and you can get tons of, of, uh, of uh, patient and doctor-generated content and advice on that website as well. Everybody, a lot of people go through this, and they go through the aspect of understanding what, what's itching to them and what's bothering them and, and allergies, and they don't understand. They go to the physicians and try to get some advice. How is the education towards the physicians to... to to this uh, specific allergies and how to um, fix their issues and understand mm -hmm. their problems to see understand what is on that label that they have to read mm -hmm. and know what they don't need well and beyond that too obviously piggybacking off that and like the educational aspect are you publicizing this information is it searchable by brand or textile material or fiber or irritant so mm -hmm. people know how to look yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right, Samantha. The, 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 it's, the issue is education. Um, and often physicians can be a bit busy. Um, so asthma nurses are a great source of, of, of information. Um, other allied healthcare professionals. And then, as I mentioned, patient adv advocacy groups as well. Um, so we generate a lot of content. That is, this, the certification program runs around content, medical marketing content. And the really good companies, like, say, Dyson, for example, or Stanley Steamer, um, they know the patient is interested in this and they're hungry for information. So we develop a lot of um, press materials. Uh, we run microsites. We've actually done with Home Depot about, about finding and targeting and removing allergens in your home. So education engagement really is key. Uh, but we're finding, as I said earlier, mums and patients in general are really driving this because they're not, they're not uh, happy anymore just to sit back and be passive in the healthcare management. Um, and they will do the information before they buy a vacuum cleaner. 
they will they they will look at uh, peer review websites they'll look at influential bloggers they'll ask their peers on facebook so we know people will get behind upfront claims and they will go digging for the science behind claims um, and that's why our clients really like this because when we uh, test our products we give them the reports we give them the educa educational material um, and then they can communicate that to their clients when they come looking for it empowering people with education that's great we're going to have to continue that in part two but let's take a quick break back soon right after this Hi, I'm Charles Beckwith. We appreciate you downloading this program every week, and I want to invite you to also listen to our other show, which I host, American Fashion Podcast, the number one fashion industry podcast. If you want to deep dive into what really makes the fashion industry work behind the scenes, listen to the show that Harper's Bazaar called for the true fashion nerd, American Fashion Podcast, every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and at AmericanFashionPodcast.com. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. And hear all of our episodes on MaterialIsYourBusiness.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. Welcome back to Material Is Your Business. We're here at TexWorld at the Javits Center with Dr. John McEwen of Allergy Standards. They set the bar for certification for asthma and asthma-related products. And before break, we were talking about to this medical condition, how important education was um, around this and letting people know where to go and what to do. Uh, as I understand it, you guys also have an app available that helps with that? That's right, Stephanie. Um, again, patient engagement or consumer engagement is really important to us and, and get feedback and grow out the program um, and really hear, hear what they would like to see more of. So we designed an app. Uh, it works off the barcode of the product and also works off a QR code uh, where we do special education initiatives. But any certified product, if you scan the barcode with the app, you can get the information about why it's certified, what it means to you, because people just don't want to see that it's certified. They want to say, well, what does that mean? What does it mean if a vacuum cleaner is certified asthma and allergy friendly? What does it mean if a pillow is certified asthma and allergy friendly? So they can, what we describe as off-product labeling. So we can put a certain amount of labeling on the product, which has the care code. It'll, it'll tell you if you need to wash it, how frequently you need to put it in the laundry, what temperatures. So we put a lot of education right there on, on the product but the app really gives us an opportunity then to do a lot of off product uh, education and labeling so you can download the full report um, you can see the, uh, the the certificate the certificates in date uh, and loads of information about that and then you can download further PDFs and um, material from the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America about uh, tips and tricks for your bedroom, and then you can join all our social media, etc. Does that have a lot to do with your um, cross-collaborations with, with customers and um, businesses? Yeah, absolutely. As, as, the, as I mentioned, the program is a whole-of-house initiative, so we really like to get the various industry silos where we operate in to talk to each other 
which can be a bit of challenge in the industry sometimes. They're quite siloed. Um, so we've done that with retailers. We've done it with Bed Bath & Beyond, who will get our cleaning product clients to speak to our air cleaner clients, speak to our bedding clients. They've done a great job on it. Um, often we try to encourage gift with purchases. So if you buy, say, a, a, one of our laundry products, like from LG, you can maybe get some certified bedding with it. So there's some nice connections there with coupons and, and really getting everybody to talk to talk to each other. Um, Macy's have done a great job on that as well. We certify the Martha Stewart line of bedding there. We also do Ralph Lauren line. Um, so you'll see um, a number of other products uh, in retailers like Macy's where they've got in-store material and saying, now you've bought this product, you may also be interested in, in something else, which is somewhere else in the store. It's not all the client's particular like when you said like Ralph Lauren or other companies it's not like all their products are into that no it's only the so for example the Martha Stewart's a health science range uh, which is particularly targeted at healthy home it has asthma and allergy claims on it um, and you'll actually find a number of retailers where we operate so we operate Bed Bath Beyond and Macy's are now actually specking the certification mark if a, if a product is to be targeted at the asthma and allergy audience and has asthma and allergy claims, I think they feel as a retailer, it's great for them to have a third-party independent scientific claim verification of, on, on bedding products, as I say, specifically targeted the asthma and allergy community. So why wasn't this done before? Obviously, it's an important concept, and I know people have been aware of this condition. Why was no one doing what you're doing before? Was the industry reluctant to kind of maybe to take a little bit of the time and the resources and the cost to do it? Or was it just nobody was paying attention? Um, I think it's an idea that now is of its time. Uh, I think the first issues that the textile industry were probably tackling were ones with regards to broader sustainability issues, uh, pollution at, at the source of manufacturing. There was obviously some social issues with some, some textile fabrication. Um, and then green and organic was, was, was something that became in, let's call it the values hierarchy or the decision hierarchy when people are actually choosing certain products. I think now the next evolution of green and sustainability, they do cross over with health, um, inflammation and, and indoor air quality, but it's not the full story. I think now the, the, the next generation will be healthy fabrics. So they have to be good, good products. They have to still perform. They have to be comfortable as what I was talking earlier. Uh, and they need to be good for society. They need to be good for the environment. But now I think the next leading edges, they need to be good for me too and to be validated by a third party that they do that. Uh, there's always been people making great products and there's always been people very thinking about their customer and making sure harmful chemicals didn't get into the supply chain. But we're probably the first company to look at this specifically from the asthma and allergy lens or perspective. One of the problems I know we talk about a lot with sustainable in general fabrics and the certifications around that is there are so many out there and mm -hmm. they mean so many different things and sometimes they tend to conflict and people get confused. Uh, how do you think or can you see where your company is going in the future of how to protect that and make their one clear mark and standard or one medical that, that people can avoid if there are any competitors out there try, right now or in sure. the future? Sure. Well, I think, I think the number one thing is Allergy Standards is a scientific evidence-based company. So we must stay true to the science and we must stay um, uh, 
the leading authority when it comes to science. Uh, and that will protect you. You become credible. You're credible to the retailers. You're credible to the physicians. And most importantly, you're, you're credible to the consumers because they can see behind kind of phony, phony label slaps or, or, or labels that aren't yes. actually as credible as they could be. We're actually registered in the U.S. Patents Office as a certification trademark. Mm -hmm. So we're not just a, a, you know, a logo or, or a self-invented kind of certification. You, there's a number of criteria you must fulfill. For example, a manufacturer can't self-certify. You must be a credible, independent organization, which we are. So I think the most important thing to answer your question is credibility and science and never move away from, from, from your mission. It needs to be good for me too. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Um, how many doctors are involved? Um, how many um, doctors do you have in your in your facility and testing and and? Sure, sure. Um, in the, between the allergy standards and the research facility, which is called Airmid Health Group, uh, you, you can see if you go to their website, airmidhealthgroup.com. There's about thirty sciences in total uh, in research. In America, as I mentioned, we, we partner with the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America, and they then would have very strong links to the main asthma allergy medical groups. There's two in America. There's the American Academy of Asthma, Allergy, and Immunology, and then there's the American College of Asthma, Allergy, and Immunology. And we would attend their events every year. They would have about maybe five to 6,000 uh, allergy doctors and allied healthcare professions attend those events. So we exhibit there every year. Uh, we would interview the physicians. We would hand out education material around the certification program, program for them. And in fact, the standards that we use in America are peer-reviewed by the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America's own medical review board. So the whole concept of what pharmaceutical companies would call physician activation strategy um, is very important to us, that we, we are seen to be credible in the eyes of physicians. Uh, we put information in their waiting rooms. Uh, we're making them aware of the app. Um, and in fact, later in the year, we will actually have some digital displays, some interactive tablets that will be able patients while they're in the in the waiting room or after their uh, consultation, with their physician, will be able to download in an interactive way some information right there then in the uh, physician waiting room. So having this incredible kind of network and community and relationships that you have and that you came to this startup with, as, as any startup, I know there are some parts that are harder than others. What's mm -hmm. been the hardest aspect of the business thus far? far to kind of get it recognized and going. Sure, sure. Um, startup isn't that hard. <laughs> Surviving and scale-up, no, that's completely different. Good point. Um, so really, I suppose your, your first breakthrough client is, is the most important um, milestone we felt. We knew the science was credible. We felt by our research there was an unmet need here. Uh, and we looked at what was in the marketplace and we felt that... Um, the need wasn't being addressed. So we felt there was a concept of a company. But you don't really know that until you go to the market. Um, as you said, there could be resistance. It could be seen as an additional hurdle that really isn't required. Um, so we, we had a very lucky breakthrough with Toys R Us. Uh, and a number of toys with a company called Kids Preferred, who, who do manufacture for uh, Disney licenses, the Be Build a Bear Workshop license you mentioned there. They were our first client, and we're all very grateful to them because they actually put us in the point of retail. And then you could do uh, witness shopping, you could do intercepts with customers, uh, and you could do online research, all that. And that, and that really showed then that there was a hunger for this 
this labeling and it was a lighthouse in the fog it was cutting through um, misleading claims it was kind of writing the wrongs of, of people that were confused out there um, and then we were able to take that to Hollander who were our first bedding client uh, with the Sears line of bedding and from then on Dyson vacuum cleaners came on board and then we were able to scale up um, so really that was one big milestone to have those initial early ambassadors and I always like to credit them because before it was established and people like Macy's and Bed Bath Beyond were, stock, were stocking it um, they actually said no we believe in this uh, we think this is this is something society needs and they invested in the certification. I think also that the, the new generation is a lot more educated. So when they do get a allergy, they they, they dig deep into it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of the society has been pushed to 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 that. Besides, you're just smooth then. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, what, what they call in, me, in medicine, they describe it as the democratization of information. So really, with the internet and the ability of people to do their own research, um, not that the power shift away from the doctors, but the power isn't only with the doctor. So people will always and should always go to their doctor first, have all their healthcare managed by a doctor leading it, but they now have the opportunity to get much more involved in it. We're seeing it with wearable devices, you're seeing it with apps, you know, I mentioned our app earlier, uh, that is available in the iTunes app stores on the Android platform as well. But people love to get engaged, they love to go to the doctor with their Fitbit, they love to to diarize their symptoms, um, and that's really raised the, you know, the level for everybody. We all have to be have raised our game because people now are armed with information. Um, uh, you know what the expression is. You know when you when you know when you know better, you do better. Maya Angelou, great great quote. Um, and I think that that's what's happened here. It's the people getting empowered through the internet and other peer groups. Well, obviously, that's probably a big advantage to being here at TexWorld as well, to be able to tell people, your potential customers in the community, this is who we are, this is what we stand for, and how you can do better. Um, what other kind of impetus and reason, what does it mean for your business to be here at TexWorld, and what are you looking to do here? Well, first of all, to be on a podcast, Materials is Your Business, <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie is Samantha. And I see Mark, you can't see Mark, but Mark's been very helpful here on the sound uh, with me here, guiding me through the podcast, uh, my first of its kind. Um, so really just, just meet folks like yourselves, uh, show people who we are, show that we're credible, get people to ask us tough questions about, about the credibility of, of the program, challenge us on the science and see that we're serious. Um, and likewise, I'm, I'm, I'll be speaking tomorrow, uh, Dina Dunn has done some great work on us and, and organizing some speaking events. We really just engage with the industry, see what is, is cutting edge. As you mentioned earlier, there are a number of people that are doing great work in this area. The Global Organic Textile Standard is another very good group. We're going to be meeting with them tomorrow as well. Um, so it's really to raise our profile and, and to meet the industry. So as you're looking to grow and scale the business, and obviously you're working with these big major clients and their and products, do you see yourself also looking to create certifications and standards for the textiles that are then sold to other customers? And are there any future opportunities for the business of where you're taking it across industries? Uh, absolutely, that, that's that's a key part of our vision. But we we felt it was important to stand to 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 start the certification with the finished product. Uh, work with the converters or the cut and sew people. But really, if we're going to make this a truly relevant certification standard that, that's seen throughout all textile industries, we have to go upstream and work with the people who supply the textiles and, and not, 
not it's, it's the raw materials per se, but certainly one or two steps up further up the supply chain. Um, for example, with one of our toy companies, they make a lot of toys. They make toys, as you mentioned, for Disney, and they've actually established a portfolio of textile products. So it's similar to a component certification or component verification. And then they, if they need to configure a toy, they know if they draw upon that portfolio that they've, they've gone a long way for the final product being certified. We will then need to do some audit final checking on the finished product, but it allows them to innovate with their tech textiles and to actually get ahead of the curve when it comes to submitting a finished product. So we would like to see that across textiles in all industries, whether it could be something like sleeping bags or even say textiles you may find in your, in your car, that the, the label is, is a trusted textile label um, and then it, it would move much more across society. So we think that's a really key aspect of our business development, yes. Right now, do you have any clients that are manufacturers of the textile? that already want to certify a few of their products so they can approach and target um, the f final product made, like the teddy bear companies or whatever? Sure, um, no, absolutely. Machine. No, we, we, we don't. Um, mm. But we have, with our converters, they have identified the people they source from. Okay. So they, they actually have kind of spread out the relationship so they know if they want to source or to make a pillow product or a bedding product, they have preferred sourcing people. But the relationship is through the cut and sew people. What we would like to do, and what actually what our clients would like us to do, is do exactly what you've described there, Samantha, is to say, will you go direct to really good textile manufacturers, help them get through the pre or the component certification hurdle and then we know who we can source from and we, and we think that's going to be great for the suppliers or the sourcing people but it's going to be great for the consumer as well because it'll give much more choice yeah. the future is big let's <laughs> take a break and then we'll be back with our final segment remnants right after this Hi, everyone. This is Mark Rako. I'm one of the hosts of Fashion Is Your Business, another great show on Mouth Media Network. If you like the podcast you're listening to, Material Is Your Business, then I bet you're going to love Fashion Is Your Business, which intersects fashion, technology, and innovation, and also American Fashion Podcast, which Harper's Bazaar calls for the true fashion nerd at heart. Both shows and a whole bunch of other great podcasts are all available at MouthMediaNetwork.com. And when you do listen, let us know you heard about them on Material Is Your Business. Thanks a lot. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Material Is Your Business. We're here with Dr. John McCune, the Chief Executive Officer of Allergy Standards and before we get to our final segment, Remnants, we were having a great conversation off mic that we thought should be on mic around all this incredible work that you're doing. You've got some great proof of concept. You've, you've got your first batch of clients um, and they're big players in the industry. But as you're growing and scaling your business, how do you make people care? Mm, yeah, abs absolutely. It's a great question. Um, there's, there's a number of ways that... Probably the most important is our clients that you've mentioned there, that once they bought into it because they believed that this was a good idea, that they then get the certification in front of their customers. They have the resources, they have the relationship with the retailers to do that. So let me give you an example. Um, 
Owens Corning. Uh, they make a, a, an insulation product, a building material, uh, and they actually currently are running end caps in all Home Depots across America uh, with signage and in-store points of display and educational around it. Uh, clients like Stanley Steamer would run TV commercials. So once they've kind of invested in the science and have believed in this program, they really do the best job of then communicating that it's something of value. Uh, 3M, for example, will have it right there on their packaging. Procter & Gamble have done a lot of education around it. Obviously, Swiffer is synonymous with cleaning. So we try and, and enable our clients to use the platform of the certification, then to actually raise awareness of the issue. We also do a lot of education uh, on our website. So because we work with a national patient organization, we're very favorably ranked in Google, for example. So if you're Googling and searching on the internet around this issue, our pages will come up first. But the, we're not advertising a product, so that's not what we do. We're not an endorsement or an advertising, we're a certification. So our content will come up first about the certification. And then when people do more invest, investigating, they can then go off and find where they can purchase certified products. So we will do a lot around education online. We do a lot on Facebook. We do sweepstakes. We'll do a lot of competitions where... Our clients, like a Dyson or an LG or Rabbit Air, will, will give quite expensive products as prizes. You know, these are $500, $600 products. Um, and then we encourage forums and people to share tips and tricks, send in photographs, get some user-generated content, get some buzz around it. And then you have the opportunity to win through Facebook one of, one of our cert certified products. Uh, one of our clients with certified products. So there, there are a number of areas. We do a lot of online education, and then we really coach our clients to actually drive the certification mark at the point of retail. That's a very interesting. That's what we were discussing a little while ago about the dual collaboration. That would be actually a really great opportunity to get all your, your core clients to push these manufacturers to 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 start certifying themselves on their own. Is Has there been any initiative you know, of, of, of the, let's get a few people together and let's make sure that we do a marketing strategy <laughs> to make people aware and to sure. ask for the product? Yeah, well, you, you kind of read my mind there because that's an initiative we're really trying to drive at the moment. So, for example, we, we have a number of certified products in, in Lowe's. We have a number of certified products in Home Depot. So when you go in there on a Saturday morning, you'll see the guy with the microphone and he's teaching you how to... Uh, tile or grout your bathroom or something like that what we would love to do is work with one of the big box retailers and say look this Saturday morning, run a seminar on how to optimize indoor air quality in your home, how to remove the sources of trigger factors, how to control trigger factors, and, and put together an, an almost like an end cap or an aisle of a number of our products and say, look, here are some textile solutions, here are some air filtration solutions, here are some cleaning solutions, here are some laundry-based solutions, and really get a cluster of products all around this kind of theme of asthma, allergy, and indoor air quality. When you think about it, we, we live our, our lives through lenses or areas of perspective. So when you go on holiday, everything, your lens of the world is about what I need for holiday. So, you know, suntan creams and beach towels. And you're not buying by product categories. You're buying by a certain lens or a perspective. And we feel with people who are interested in asthma and allergy switch a particular lens on in their mind. They go, now my perspective of the world is one that's relevant to asthma and allergy. So they'll be looking for products that fit into that strategy to avoid triggers. And we don't want to limit them either. Exactly. You want, them you, to, have you want to show it, as I say, it's a whole of house approach. Um, and yeah, I think this is a really 
really great opportunity for a retailer to collaborate around this initiative that the retailer has the ability because they've got the shelf real estate but they've also got the ability to dictate how their the people that sell their products the vacuum cleaners air cleaners paint flooring insulation to, to cluster these around the message and a really important educational platform I think beyond the retailers, we also have the same the the people that are creating the final product mm -hmm. because we have so much diversity right now in the retailers versus internet and all of those aspects. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I mean, next year um, we will hope with collaboration again. Going to the point you keep making, Samantha, about collaboration and cooperation. A number of our clients coming together for an Amazon.com page, which will be almost like an allergy microsite that won't be spamming people. It's really important. It, this isn't just about uh, pushing people buy my product. This is about education first, believe in my science, investigate about my product, and then obviously there's an opportunity to buy it. And we, we hope to be pushing a really exciting Amazon.com platform next year as well. Great. Be looking for it in the future. <laughs> okay, let's finish up with our final segment. And now, and now it's, it's Remnants. 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 Uh, just kind of where we get to the last fun personal questions that mm -hmm. usually are the best. So I have one. Obviously, as a startup, uh, there's no day is a typical, but can you walk us through or tell us what like an average typical, if there is one, day is for you? Um, well, there, as you say, there is no typical day. Um, but what, what I say is that it's, it's not about me, it's about my team. Uh, startup probably is about the founder entrepreneur and that's the classic founder you know eating takeaway in his office all night I think where we are now it's it's, it's a very exciting breakthrough scale-up uh, situation and really what my day what just reflecting on that question is that it's changed so much it used to be I would do stuff like that now my old job actually doesn't exist anymore and that's what you see when you get into scale-up is that kind of you need to break everything in your company every three years or where everything changes. So we've just hired a, a whole whole bunch of people. I'm actually here today with Courtney Suno. It's based in our New York office. Um, Courtney joined the team recently. We've hired a bunch of, of people in the Dublin office. And we've Michelle Casalia works out of a Philadelphia office. Um, so really, that's what my day's like, is checking in with my team members. Uh, phoning but so I'm, I'm in, in New York for the whole of July uh, phoning back to the Dublin office working with Courtney phoning Michelle in the Philadelphia office and just constantly checking in with your team because you can't do it on your own so you got to make sure that your, 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 your team is working well and that's what my day is, is made up of takes an army so obviously that's the typical day coming from being a doctor and now doing a startup but if you hadn't become a doctor and you weren't mm -hmm. doing this startup what would you be doing with your life goodness um what would i be doing i well i certainly would be involved in innovation and entrepreneurship uh one of my other roles is i'm an adjunct professor in innovation in trinity college dublin i'm the entrepreneur in residence there as well so I kind of have a, another job. I don't spend a lot of time doing it, but I'm, I'm really excited about the concept of innovation, entrepreneurship, um, moving up the value chain and innovation. We all know there's a lot of industry jobs that are not going to simply not going to exist um, in, in, in a couple of years, you know, already with driverless, driverless cars and things like that. So I think, I think innovation, 
and entrepreneurship is really important and that's a very big topic in Ireland where I'm from we're a small nation uh, we have to box above our weight uh, and we have to export most of most of what we do so we're a very large company with a uh, country with regards to pharmaceutical research and development with regards to software research and development and all things related to healthcare so i certainly be in the area of innovation and entrepreneurship great entrepreneur at heart <laughs> I think when you're born as an entrepreneur there's nowhere nobody could take it away from you yeah I, th I think I think you're right because I come from a, a kind of a medical family my dad's a dentist and I think if probably the same in America if you're bright and you do fairly well academically in school you end up in what your parents consider the professions they're obsessed about the professions medicine and law and things like that but a little bit away from that what is that you find um, on your on your personal time? We've talked, we've, we've really embarked on your profession and what you've done and what you've done for your company. What what do you do on your time off? Um, I, um, well, you know the joke about how do you know, how do you know if somebody does triathlons? They, huh? they, they, they tell you. Yes. Uh, so um, I, I do some triathlons, a uh, bit of a midlife crisis, uh, you know, put all the Lycra gear on and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I used to play a little bit of rugby. That's our main, you know, one of our main sports back in Ireland, but I'm a bit old for that now. So I've taken up uh, triathlons and I love uh, open water sea swimming. I, I do a good bit of that. Um, I'm actually, for some of our, one of our testing laboratories is a company called Berkeley Analytical. They do all our paint testing and they're based in San Francisco and Berkeley, just outside San Francisco. So in two weekends, I'll be going up there, but I'll actually be doing the open water swim in from Alcatraz Island. So awesome. uh, wow. I'm looking forward to that. So I'm doing a bit of training for that at the moment. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so great to have you. How can people connect with you, your business, your company? Sure. Well, our, our website to start with there is allergystandards.com. That's our kind of a business website. It's business listeners. Uh, our consumer focusing website is asmandallergyfriendly.com. Um, and then we would have our Twitter handles, allergystandard. It doesn't have the S on the end because it doesn't fit in on, on, the, on the Twitter. Uh, our hashtag is for a healthier home. And then if you want to get more information with regards to general asthma and allergy, patient-based education, I would recommend going to AFA.org. Um, I know there is another organization, which is, I think, the American Association of Foot Apparel, I think, which is, I think they're AFA.com, because uh, they have a booth here as well. But the patient education and asthma and allergy is AAFA.org. Great. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening and joining us. And for Samantha Cortez, adios. I'm Stephanie Benedetto. Go change the world, everyone. Thanks for listening. Back next time on Material Is Your Business. This has been Material Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at materialisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Material Biz Show. That's Material B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, materialisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.